So Emma Watson has decided to become yet another uh, female celebrity who is insufferable and knows nothing about politics whatsoever and wishes to virtue signal on the world stage, even though she is a millionaire and could presumably just settle down and shut the hell up at this point. Um, so she has pissed off the Israelis, or the Jews to be more accurate, in posting uh, an, in, an Instagram post. Uh, if you want to scroll down to that, it's further down in the article so everyone can see it. Oh, yes. Solidarity is a verb, she said. <laughs> she's, Instagram. Su- she's supposed to be the clever one from Harry Potter. She should know that it is. Levi Osar. Levi Osar, not Levi Osar. Yeah, she's dragging Gryffindor through the mud here. (laughs) At least least 10 points from Gryffindor for this. At At least least. 10 points, yes. Uh, Solidarity is not a verb, Emma Watson. Not in (laughs) any way. I don't think even Shakespeare um, verbed this noun. Um, It's not a verb. It's not even remotely a verb. And it's not likely to become a verb. It's a noun. Um, it's kind of in, in in the mindset of I think it's it's like critical theory praxis this, this idea that you can't it's not enough to think a thing you have to live the thing you have to live your thought and you have to live your philosophy and so in or by extension of that idea of praxis then there is a faction on the left which says that yes I guess concepts can also be verbs which is why they all repeat to each other ad nauseum whenever something goes mildly wrong. Solidarity, comrade. Solidarity, comrade. Some of them just repeat it because it's Kant and it's what they're expected to say. But some of them will come up with sayings like this because they actually do... Th- in their weird, wacko, far-left philosophy, it is possible to turn things that are not verbs into verbs. I think that's where this originates from. But because that requires an element of reading and of thought, I highly doubt Emma Watson is one of the uh, conscious practitioners of praxis in this case i think she's just repeating a fashionable phrase well you just said practitioners practice and ironically all praxis means is practice it's just a very pretentious it's a, way it's a fancier fancier way of saying it. yeah exactly it's it a really practice, yeah. it's a jargonistic way of saying it. and the far left is just rife with jargon that's how they talk to each other read any of their philosophers and it's impenetrable to anyone who reads in plain english but if you've although ingested a newspeak uh... dictionary then you understand sort of what's being got at yeah, it's not it's not endemic to all left wing philosophers. I mean, uh, Sartre, for example, was was a, a fantastic and lucid writer, in my opinion. He just had horrible political opinions. I first heard the word practice, uh, praxis um, from one of my former flatmates, um, a girl who lived in her room and never had a job in her life. Uh, her father worked in the oil industry. And um, she would just spout off this nonsense about the working class and praxis and revolution. And I remember then thinking, okay, I don't like this word praxis and I've not liked it since. And every time I hear it, I just cringe because I just think, okay, you could be using the word practice. So there's already something suspect about it. It turns out I, I was right, incidentally. So it actually says in the Telegraph article, she captioned the post, which has been liked more than one million times with a quote from Sara Ahmed, an academic specialising in feminism, intersectionality and critical race theory about the meaning of solidarity. So I was right, that's where it's got from. She doesn't herself necessarily know anything about what praxis is or what it entails or what the left actually believes, anything that... She's doing this because it is fashionable to do so, but the origin of the phrase is somebody who is, I assume, quite well-versed in critical race theory, jingo, um, and lingo. So that that explains a lot, but... um, 
Yes, and it looks like the Israeli ambassador to the UN, Danny Danon, well, got there before, before us. Ten points from Gryffindor. Damn it. Oh, for being well, an anti-Semite. To be fair, it wasn't the most imaginative thing, but it's kind of it's a bit of an indictment on Emma Watson's career, just as it is Daniel Radcliffe and the ginger one rupert grint is that his name yes rupert grint every article about anything that they do will still include words to the effect of best known for portraying x character in harry potter like 20 years after it happened because they've literally done nothing else since then and because none of them are very good actors none of them no i mean that that was the the really irritating thing about this uh back to hogwarts thing the anniversary special or whatever it is that Mm. where where they've specifically banned jk rowling from attending or at least believably have banned her from attending um which is these people would not have had careers were it not for her because they can't act and you know emma watson in another life would be a very pretty but very frigid um accountant i assume something really unimaginative but she has a career made for her by harry potter and it's the only thing she's ever done in her life which is why she can still trade on that reputation it's how she's garnered 64.2 million followers on instagram where she can repost this kind of garbage to them I assume they lap it up. Well, I just want to read out loud uh, Gilad Erdan, the current Israeli ambassador's reply to Emma Watson, which I think is absolutely brilliant. He says, fiction may work in Harry Potter, but it does not work in reality. If it did, the magic used in the wizarding world could eliminate the evil of Hamas, <laughs> which, oppre- which oppresses women and seeks the annihilation of Israel and the Palestinian Authority, which supports terror. I would be in favor of that. Here, here. Uh, I just wish more foreign ministers um, would talk like that from other countries. Yeah, I mean, the Israeli foreign ambassador, like the Israeli ambassadors, have always been quite good on this because they have to put up with it every single day. They've sort of lost patience, and they will. They're they're usually relatively colourful as far as ambassadors go. But he's he's completely right. I mean, with whom is Emma Watson expressing solidarity? And would she happily now go and live in the state that they've attempted to erect for themselves? And say the things that she said. Would she be able to say the things that she's saying now and have the career that she has now and do the things that she does now and believe the things she believes now if she were to go and live with the people with whom she has solidarity? Or is it just a meaningless phrase which she repeats because she doesn't understand anything about the reality on the ground or indeed the philosophy that underpins the phrase? I I hesitate to point out that she could probably erect a few things in Palestine. Um, It wouldn't be buildings. I know she would, but then they would stone her for it because... If she didn't marry every single person in the Palestinian territory, then she she would be a cause of moral decay, and therefore they'd have to kill her, and that would ruin a pretty face. Well, of course, she's also drawn support from high-profile figures. Uh, Baroness Saida Wasi, of oh, course, God. a former cabinet minister, responded to Mr. Denon's tweet by writing, Repeat after me, mister. Showing solidarity with Palestinians is not anti-Semitism. Appalling comments from former Israeli ambassador to the UN. And, of course, logically speaking, strictly speaking, she's right. Expressing solidarity with Palestinians is not necessarily anti-Semitism. But when a large number of those Palestinians, if not the majority, are anti-Semitic, and when you come from a party that has been found out by the UN, or investigated by the UN to uh, for anti-Semitism, Actually, it's not a good no, look. No, Saeed Abbasi, hilariously and obscenely, is a conservative former cabinet minister. Oh, dearie me. Well, okay, I feel ignorant now. And she, she's now just assumed <laughs> all her time in the laws. Her, she, she is, she's a fifth columnist, essentially. So yeah. um, when all, the whole Labour anti-Semitism scandal was rightly front-page news, and when the EHRC was investigating the Labour Party as the first UK political party ever to be investigated on grounds of institutional racism, 
which is rather being hoist by your own petard. Saeed Avasi was coming out and saying, well, I think we need to place much more attention on the Islamophobia in the Conservative Party, which is just, it's running cover. Um, there is no, A, there's no evidence that it's as bad. B, there's no evidence that it's institutionalised. C, you can make that point, but not to distract from the Labour Party anti-Semitism investigation, which is what she, in effect, did and has done ever since. Uh, she she is a loathsome, loathsome person. She was uh, a cabinet minister under David Cameron and elevated to the Lords, I think, under David Cameron as well, which says almost as much about her as you really need to know. But, um, no, you're right. Yeah, it's vaguely expressing solidarity with poor Palestinians isn't necessarily anti-Semitism. Not necessarily. The question is, with whom? Which faction? What are you actually expressing solidarity with? What cause are you joining? Are you actually expressing solidarity with something more specific than just a general, it's bad that there are poor people in the world? And usually people are, because they aren't posting messages like this with a backdrop of Uyghur Muslims in China, for instance, or Tibetans, or any of the persecuted Christian peoples in Muslim-majority countries. They don't get the same attention. So usually, the solidarity is expressed as an affirmative political position, and it, it's uncritically pro-Palestine. And we have reached the point, unfortunately, where if you are uncritically pro-Palestine, then you are either an anti-Semite yourself, or you are making common cause with or lying down in the bed made by anti-Semites. And that, that's the issue. Um, it's It's semantic overload again there is so much meaning imparted in the term which that that's the that's the aim of it they post images like this and your design and it's designed in such a way as you can say well that's wrong and they can always say oh no no, no it means this other particular part of it which wasn't immediately clear from the first context but the inevitable context is usually anti-semitic anti-semitic if in effect if not in intent Indeed, and it's not surprising coming from someone like Watson, who, as I said at the beginning, is is basically just another one of these celebrities who is is jumping on every single one of these bandwagons. She's previously shown support for Black Lives Matter. Um, the Instagram post marks the first time that she has gone on record about the Palestinian cause. Uh, the image she reposted, including the solidarity as a verb comment, was created by the bad activist collective in May last year when Israeli jets bombed Gaza in response to rocket attacks by Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Two things on that. First of all, first time she's gone on record about the Palestinian cause. Okay, why haven't you gone on record about it before? I know why. Because you don't actually care. Most of the people who, in the West who, who post about this stuff don't actually care. They know, they know nothing about it to begin with. Um, it, it's just, it's pure posturing. She's not going to do anything more meaningful than that Instagram post. Everyone knows it. And second, did she have anything to say about the Israelis that were bombed by Gaza? No, uh, when um, Gaza fired these Does rockets, she have anything to say about Islamic Jihad? No. <laughs> well, except that I think if you were to point to them, um, you would, she would be on, on the side of those accusing you of, Islam, of Islamophobia just of, you know, pointing out their existence. But... It is a fashion statement, but the fashion statement really easily bleeds into a kind of a tacit ideology. It's why so many young people are uncritically pro-Palestine. And it's why there's, there's this conveyor belt from youthful activism on university campuses to overt anti-Semitic acts. Like, for instance, when the Israeli ambassador, the current Israeli ambassador, I think it was, or no, the Israeli foreign minister, I think it was, was chased out of the LSE uh, late last year um, by a baying mob, essentially. Um, that that is fashionable student activism 
very easily bleeding over into a kind of affirmative activism, a very tangible and physical activism, which is just anti-Semitic. And this this is the problem. You, you can be on on uh, critically too uncritically pro-Israel. You can be that as well. Of course, and that's yeah. that's not a good thing. It would be it's, naive to suppose the Israeli state has done nothing questionable. No, but in recent years, again, but to point out that is not to say that there is an equivalent amount of truth and goodness on both sides. There just objectively isn't. Um, the Israeli state, when it does bad things, tends to be overstepping the mark from a good intent or good place. It's modus operandi, it's, it's raison d'etre, is not to eliminate and expunge Palestinians, so-called, from all existence. Um, I know that's an hysterical claim made by people on the left and the pro-Palestine Islamist left, but it's not true, which is why the Israelis keep offering them two-state solutions, which the Palestinians keep vetoing, and usually running to the worst Islamist dictators in the region to back them up in their rejectionism. Um, but you can be uncritically pro-Israel by you know not calling out oversteps when they occur. Um, but that seems to be all of the focus, certainly even on the sort of the center left is it's all Israel's fault because it's Israel has the power nominally and so that's the only thing that's worth criticizing but that's so obviously untrue a because the entire liberal intelligentsia in the west is arabist and has been for a very long time and a large part of the far left is islamist tacitly or otherwise um and every country around israel is islamist to one degree or another um, and the only reason Israel has to take hard lines, the hard lines that it does, is because as soon as it tries to back down, as soon as it tries to be peaceable, it has Hezbollah making tunnels to funnel weapons in from um, Lebanon, for instance, or Hamas doing the same from Gaza. And the the raison d'etre of organizations like Islamic Jihad, Hamas, and large parts of Fatah, it has to be said as well, that these ostensibly more moderate of the traditional two factions of Palestine, is the destruction of the state of Israel. That there's no equivalence there. Israel's um, reason for action is not in any way equivalent to the genocidal reason for action, um, which animates the entire Palestinian political set and the entire social political set, because Hamas masquerades as a political as well as a military force, and they are ostensibly separate. Um, You just can't compare them. But rather than say when the Palestinians and Hamas in particular are firing hundreds of rockets at a time from hospitals in Palestinian territories, knowing that the Israelis can't strike back and deliberately targeting civilian areas in Israel with the ambition to kill as many innocent Israelis as possible, no matter their age, no matter their gender, no matter their whatever, um, Israel's responses are much tamer, much more muted, much more strategic. They have knock-knock bombs, which they drop on buildings to essentially tell all Palestinians there, we are going to bomb this because the your political party has put a rocket emplacement in your hospital basement. Um, so we're going to give you a warning for about an hour, and then you have to get out as fast and as far as you can, and then we'll blow it up once you've all gone. Um, th- these are just, again, they are just not comparable. But you don't see expressions of solidarity with Israeli children in preschools that are being bombed by Hamas every day um, or old women who are terrified because they have to download the app on their phone which alerts them every two hours when a Palestinian rocket's been fired at their apartment complex yet again it's just uh, and again this is how it leads from from ostensibly apolitical fashionable radicalism to at least running cover for something which is much much worse than that um, and it's really yeah, quite it's, reprehensible it's um, loathsome amorality bred of ignorance really i mean the thing that baffles me about this all the time is that um 
people like Emma Watson, they, they go on and on about Palestine. And okay, if you want to, fine, you've got freedom of speech, you know, do so. You can show yourself up for the idiot that you are. But uh, why not make an equal amount of noise for Venezuelans? Why not make an equal amount of noise for the Uyghur Muslims in China? Yeah, people Why not who are make being an equal badly oppressed. Of noise for the most persecuted religious minority on earth today, which is the Christian minority. P- people who Middle are East. far more oppressed than the Palestinian far Arabs. More oppressed. People who do not resort to electing genocide. Pe- people whose uh, people whose condition is not self-invited, shall we say? No, the the goal of Uyghur Muslims in Chinese concentration camps is not, if they were released, to exterminate the native Han population of China. The same cannot be said of large parts of the Palestinian population in the Gaza Strip, for instance. The West Bank is slightly different these days because it's not as rejectionist, for one thing, so more foreign aid is getting in and it's being rebuilt, um, and it's making peace with its uh, with its nearest neighbour. But no, there is no equivalent expression of solidarity for people whose case is far more morally simple and far more morally overt, which is that you know there is no getting around, um, that there should be no getting around the fact that Hamas is genocidal and genocide is written into its constitution. And whenever they are rarely, however, but whenever they are given the chance to have an election in Palestine, so supposed to be, Mahmoud Abbas is in about the 18th year of a four-year term, so it doesn't come around that often. But whenever they are given the chance, they will consistently return Hamas to power. The same cannot be said of Uyghurs in China. It can't be said of Tibetans. Neither of these groups are genocidal. They don't have even substantial factions of them which are genocidal. And unfortunately, this is, this is the truth of the, of the Palestinian situation, which is that as much as it's portrayed in this country and in the West generally as being nasty, powerful Israel trying to natively purge, commit genocide against the Palestinians, every Palestinian in Israel who has accepted the authority of the state of Israel has a vote in Israel. They're full citizens of Israel, have political parties in Israel. There's no attempt to exterminate them. What there is is an attempt to root out the most militant of the very large number of militant factions in Gaza and the West Bank. And what would you have Israel do instead of this? Just lay down and accept that they're all going to be knifed in the throat at night, which is the chant that Palestinian terrorists on the border will make whenever they try their repeated mass crossings. You you cannot, no other country in the world would accept that solution because that solution is the final solution and the Jews will once again be the target of that. So... What, what you have, unfortunately, to conclude that a large part of the problem with the Palestinian territories is precisely that the the Palestinians themselves elect some very, very nasty people. And to the extent they elect them, you have to conclude that there is a body of support amongst the Palestinian people for those very, very nasty ideals, ideas and ideologies. And there's no getting around that. And there, that's not the same uh, with Tibetans. It's not the same with uh, Uyghur Muslims. Uh, but there's no equivalent expression of solidarity for them. So again, it's it's testament to how fashion has been co-opted by a particularly nasty form of, of Islamist leftist opinion um, and really ought to be recognized and called out for what it is. Yeah.